What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, John Erez, and welcome back to another edition of the Views from the John podcast for today's date, which is July. No, it's not July. Damn, John. It's June. It's June 9th, 2020, and how are you? All right, let's jump right into things, shall we? I forgot to mention this on the last several podcasts, and I wanted to jump right out on it, Okay. Anyone who's listening in their car or has been listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes or Twitter or whatever your favorite uh, podcasting platform is, I keep forgetting to mention that we have started to videotape this podcast as well. So if you'd rather uh, look at me while I'm speaking to you, you can find me on YouTube. And how do you do that? I release everything underneath my comedy troupe slash production company, Reality Drip. So if you go on to YouTube and just type in reality drip, uh, separate words, not one word, uh, you will see the production company. I have a lot of videos besides the podcast on my channel to check out. So yeah, I just wanted to let anyone know out there listening in radio land or audio only land that if you'd like to see the podcast uh, in its entirety and uh, see me doing it in my uh, half-ass little podcast studio that's uh, also doubles as my living room, Go out over to, to uh, YouTube and check it out. Um, and please, please, I can't stand when people say this on their YouTube videos, but I understand why they do it. If you happen to watch this on YouTube, if you could please hit that like button and smash that subscribe button, that would help me out tremendously. All right. Something else is uh, you guys know that uh, I'm also a musician. I've been doing and writing music for 27 years, but I've only been a podcaster slash uh, open mic comedian for about six, seven months now. So what I like to do is showcase the music that I've been writing lately at the start of the podcast and at the end of the podcast. And at the beginning of today's podcast was a hip hop tune that was written by me and recorded and produced and engineered and all that kind of crap, you know, just keep patting myself on the back but the dude that was rapping dropping bombs on your mom da, 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 that was me it's me i'm making my hip-hop debut uh, i had originally written that as uh, an intro to the show me rapping an intro and then i showed it to people and they're like dude that's kind of hooky 
dropping bombs on your mom, singing songs, blowing smoke, telling you know what I'm saying? So uh, they're like, dude, you should make that into a tune. So I decided to uh, start off the podcast today with that tune. If you like it, awesome. Hit me up on social media, share it. Uh, I'm probably going to create a SoundCloud account just for my hip-hop stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, let me know uh, what you think of that uh, new tune that starts off today's podcast. I tentatively called it Dropping Bombs, or maybe Dropping Bombs on Your Moms, I don't know. But if you like it, fantastic. I had a hell of a time, uh, a, a great time recording it. And um, yeah, I think it's catchy as hell. But then again, it's one of my own children, you know. Any musician out there will be able to tell you this, but uh, you know, all of the songs that we write, you know, we think is the best thing we ever wrote. And then the next day you'll write and record another one and be like, ah, no, this one's the best one I ever wrote. So all of my songs throughout the years, and there's thousands of them, they're all my kids and I love them all equally. But uh, yeah, so I'm my, I'm my biggest uh, own critic and I'm my own, I'm also my biggest fan. So yeah, let me guys, let me know what you guys think of that hip hop song there by your boy Johnny Erez. And uh, like usual, at the end of the podcast, there'll be another new instrumental that you've never heard before either. All right. Um, I think this is further down my list of topics to talk about, but because the bottles are sitting here next to me, uh, I'm just going to start off with this today. Um, I've talked about this before, but I think it's crazy, um, you know, how marijuana or weed or the pot whatever you want to call it, is completely and fully legal, just like alcohol in some states in the United States. And in other states, it's just as illegal as heroin or dope or whatever, right? And it's crazy because you can be sitting here in Massachusetts, where I'm from, and watching live PD and see somebody, uh, you know, a thousand miles away getting arrested because they have a little bud in their car while we are sitting in our living room watching on TV why we legally smoke it. And in case nobody's ever been to a state that uh, has legalized marijuana, not just for medicinal purposes, but for anyone, uh, in the state of Massachusetts, it's been almost two years that we've had fully legal marijuana. It's treated no differently than alcohol. You gotta be 21 year older to buy it. Uh, it can't be consumed out in the middle of public kind of like alcohol, uh, but uh, anyways, these are what the bottles look like. I don't know how good of a shot I can get that, but yeah, they look like little medicine bottles. Wow, the light is not picking that up very well, but yeah, they look like little medicine bottles. Uh, it says flower on it, because uh, that's what they call, you know, when you go into a a medicinal shop now, uh, they sell tinctures and uh, foods and CBDs and creams and gummies, all sorts of stuff. This is the kind that you smoke. They call it flour. And, uh, you know, uh, on one side of it, it says flour. On the other side, it says uh, the dispensary it came from. On the other side, it says contains THC that's not safe for kids. And then on this side, the label, it breaks down uh, how much uh, TAC it has in it, THCA, THC, CBD, and the percentages tells you what data it was packed on, and it tells you that it's 3.5 grams, which is typically what they refer to as an eighth. And, uh, you know, depending on what day you go and what kind you get, whether it's sativa or indica or what kind of flower it is, they can have different colored uh, 
you know, bottles, different, but uh, yeah, I mean, the bottles are sick looking. This is something I dreamed about since a kid. Uh, you know, too many people look at weed smokers as being these, hey man, duh, let's go surfing, bro. And that's, that's such a stupid stereotype. There are plenty of doctors, lawyers, and professionals of all different ages, races, colors, and everything that uh, take marijuana uh, because it's got so many medical benefits. And I'm just happy that uh, we live in a world these days where they finally caught up to the times. This is another bottle that contained gummy bears in it, which contained uh, THC and CBD. A little bit bigger, but gummy bears. So yeah, it's crazy to me uh, that uh, here in Massachusetts, if I want to go pick up any kind of marijuana or any kind of bottle of wine, I could run down the street and get it. But in another state, if you're caught with one gummy bear or you know a little bit of bud, you're going to jail. So yeah, I just wanted to show you what the, the bottles look like from the dispensaries for bud. In a state like Massachusetts where you can actually go and buy it like an adult all right, moving on. I got a funny story for you. Uh, my first time ever driving a car, I drove my parents' car into our refrigerator. Let that sink in for a minute. My first time ever driving a car, I drove my parents' car, our family car, into our refrigerator. And you're probably like, you better explain that one, buddy. All right, so... Um, like some people do, we had a refrigerator inside of our living room. Yeah, inside of our living room. Yeah, a lot of people have refrigerators inside living rooms, right? The refrigerator was in the kitchen where most people keep it. But we had a second refrigerator, which we kept uh, at the back of the garage for like, you know, bulk frozen food, sodas, that kind of stuff. And I, I still am. 42 years old. I'm obsessed with cars, love cars, and uh, it was no different when I was 12 years old. I used to beg and plead with my parents to let me back the car out of the driveway or move it in the driveway, and I would think of and make up any excuse I could to let them, you know, let my parents move the car. I'm going to wash it. I'm going to clean it. And, and they were pretty cool. They let me do it at 12, 13 years old. That was until, uh, well, I, this might have been before or after, but at, at some point, one of my first experiences was uh, my parents weren't home. And the family nice sedan uh, was parked in the garage. Uh, it was like a two-year-old, fully loaded uh, 86 Toyota Camry. And I want to say this is like an 88. So it's a two-year-old, fully loaded Toyota Camry, XLE, leather, blah, blah, blah. And it's in my parents' garage. My parents are in their other car, and they're away. So I've never driven a car before, but I'm dying to. And all I want to do is just like start it and maybe back it up a couple feet and move it forward a couple feet in the driveway. But Here's, here's, here's where it went wrong, okay? I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no idea. So here's where it went wrong. I put the key in the ignition and put it to on. And for some reason, I put it into drive, okay? So I didn't just start it and then put it into drive. 
I must have turned the key to on, which unlocked the shifter. Because these, like, a car from 86, it doesn't have one of those shift locks. You know how most modern cars, you got to have your foot on the brake before it'll let you put it in a drive or reverse or whatever. Back then, these cars didn't have that. It wasn't automatic. But you could move the car from park to drive without even having it on or starting it. So what I did is I put the car in drive, and then I started it. And of course, when you first start up a car, it kind of revs up to two, 3,000 RPM, then when it idles, it comes back down. So the second I started it, the car moved and lurched forward. So I, so, <laughs> so I literally start the car, and because it's already in drive and my foot's not off the brake, just from starting the car, the car just went and it went right forward and it went boom. I pushed in the bumper. I put a huge dent across um, our snowblower and across the uh, uh, the uh, refrigerator that was there. So yes, I started a car while it was in drive and I drove right in right into the back of the garage and killed our snowblower, the car's front bumper, and our spare refrigerator. And that was my first experience driving. And fortunately, I've gotten a lot better. Uh, but yeah, uh, parents were not happy, and uh, can you imagine the panic on me when uh, my parents aren't home, and then they're going to come home to find that the front is hanging off our two-year-old Camry, and there's a huge dent in the uh, garage uh, refrigerator, and our snowblower is broken. I was shitting bricks. Shitting bricks. This is back in the day, man, when all my mother had to say is, wait until your father got home. That was enough to scare the death out of me. And now I had to wait for both of them to come home, and I was scared shitless. And uh, I don't remember what my punishment was. Um, I know now we can kind of laugh at it, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend uh, kids do that. Because as much as I thought I knew about cars and about driving, because I was obsessed with it at 12... Who starts a car with it in drive and doesn't have their foot on the brake? So yeah, wasn't uh, that was not a good <laughs> experience. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, moving on to the next super random topic. Cats. Not the Broadway, uh, whatever it's called. Speaking of cats. Did anybody see uh, Ricky Gervais's monologue for the Golden Globes? He had a specific line about the play Cats, the one that James Corden starred in, and I loved this line. Uh, Ricky Gervais was like, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy, and he also starred in Cats on Broadway. <laughs> but anyways, Cats. Never been a cat fan. Um, don't really mind cats. My first pet growing up was a cat that we had named Yanni. Um, but yeah, man, dogs. Dogs are just so much more affectionate and happy to see you and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, cats are kind of evil. They can be kind of uh, bitches, you know. Uh, they scratch at your door to get in or to come in. Then you open the door and then they just kind of friggin' walk back and forth. You're like, dude, you just were beating the door down to come in. And then they open the door and the cat just... You know what I'm saying? Cats are just weird and they're annoying. I don't care for them. Now, my lovely neighbors that live down below me went on vacation last week and asked me to uh, let their cat in every night. That's all I had to do. It's an outdoor cat. Somebody came over to feed it. It stays out all day. 
but at night, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, I just step out on my deck, and if the cat's there, I let it into their house, right? So first night, last Saturday, uh, came to be around 10, 11 o'clock at night. I told him I'd let the cat in if the cat was outside. I opened up my top door, because uh, it's a two-family house. I live on the second floor. So I opened up my front door, which looks down the stairs and then out the front door onto the front uh, porch. And the second I open the door and I look down the stairs, I make eye contact with the cat. It's just sitting right on the front steps outside. I open my door, we immediately lock eyes. The cat knows what's going on. All I had to do was lock eyes with that cat and I went, you know, just gave it a quick like go around back thing, just like a nod with my head. Cat immediately took off, closed the door, I walked through the other side of the kitchen, opened up my side door, stepped out of my deck, cat's right there. All I did was lock eyes with it and go like this, like go around back. That's all I did is just nod my head this way. And the cat went whoop right around the side of the house. I walk out, cat's right there, open up their door, burp goes in, boom, done. I'm telling you, these cats, they might act stupid, but they know what the fuck is going on. Uh, and then, uh, like a night or two later, I went out, 10, 11 o'clock at night. This time, didn't see it outside, so I did one of those come-hither uh, cat calls, that thing. That's all I had to do. Boom, cat's right there. Let it open. So I'm telling you, man, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty impressed. But this other night this week, there, there, was, there was two nights I went out there and I was calling it for a while and it just wasn't coming. So it could have been inside already. Uh, I don't know. But like that case, if you are a cat owner, you know this all too well, that uh, a lot of cats want to go in and out and in and out and in and out, in and out of the house all day long, right? But how many times have you opened that door to let that cat in? And it's going nuts trying to get in, scratching the fuck out of your door. Then you open the door, then the cat just wants to literally go back and forth in the doorway. And you're like, are you coming in or are you going out? And that's what happened. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's pitch dark. I'm trying to let the cat in through the side window. And uh, the cat was dying to get in the friggin' house. I called it. It came. It's scratching. It's dying to get in. I got the fucking window open. And then the thing just wants to friggin' walk back and forth on the window still. Going, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, dude, it's 1130 at night. I'm sitting here in the dark. You're scratching like shit to get in. I got the window open. Fucking go. And the cat's just going back and forth in the window still. And then finally, I'm like, dude, George, that's the, that's the cat's name, George. Love it. Classic. Perfect name for a guy or a dude, but we name it a cat, George. You know, why don't we just call him Rick? Anyways, George, he's back and forth in the window, and I'm like, dude, you gotta go in. I don't have time to sit here while you, you know, in the friggin' uh, windowsill. So, yeah, I had to give the cat a little bit of a love tap to be like, all right, I know you want to be inside as opposed to outside in the friggin' cold and rain, so... There you go, inside the house, close the window, done. But anyways, that just made me, uh, yeah. I've always had problems with cats. They've always been difficult and prissies and bitches and all that kind of stuff. But I think cats are way smarter than we believe them to be. All right, next quick uh, little story. I had my grocery cart stolen twice at the grocery store, um... Friday. Today's uh, Tuesday, Friday. So Friday, I went to the grocery store, right? And you've been to the grocery store. 
Uh, it's a lot more complicated than it used to be going groceries. So here's what I do. Uh, I go into the grocery store and I get a cart. And then I go from the airlock into the grocery store where there's a station there that has, uh, you know, paper bags and uh, those self-checkout wands and uh, like the Clorox wipes to wipe down the cart. And uh, it's really busy, you know, uh, people are supposed to be keeping a six feet distance, everybody wants to wipe the cart down, so there's a little bit of a backup. So I get my cart, I grab some wipes, and then I go off to the side where I'm not in the doorway. So everybody can come in and out, I'm not in anyone's way, I'm off to the side. I thoroughly wipe the cart down, my cart, off to the side, nobody's around me, everybody sees me doing my own thing with my gloves and masks, and I'm wiping that cart down like my life depended on it. I go to turn around. I was turned around for two seconds so I could throw away those wipes. I turn around, my cart is literally gone. I scanned that entire store for people, anyone within 100 feet of me, just fucking vanished. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the whole store like that's near me turns around, I'm like, who took my cart? And everyone's like, what, did you have stuff in it? I'm like, no, I just spent like 10 minutes cleaning it. I turned around for a second and it's gone. Whoever took that cart must have literally snuck up on me like a fucking ninja assassin and then just literally like, you know, like shapeshifted across the store because there was nobody. I mean, I literally turned around for less than two seconds and just nobody. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get pissed off and start calling everybody a cunt. So I go back in the airlock. I get another cart. I wait back in line. I get my wipes. I go around to the same side again. I wipe down my cart. And again, I turn my back. I go to put the wipes away. I turn around. And once again, my cart is gone. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, is somebody playing a practical joke on me? I'm just sitting there shaking my head like, now fucking what? And now I'm starting, people are starting to look at me like I'm crazy. And it's like, no, I'm not crazy. Someone just stole my cart twice. You guys must have seen me onto the side cleaning it. You know what I'm saying? So the, th the third time was a charm. The third time, I never took my eyes off that cart. But that is just amazing to me. If you think by going and watching the news or going onto YouTube and seeing what some people are doing right now uh, and things they're saying and things they're acting, It'll make you lose a little bit of faith in humanity. But when you go to a grocery store and somebody steals your shopping cart twice after you cleaned it, that'll really make you lose your faith in humanity. I mean, my God, to steal somebody's cart that they just cleaned twice in a row because you're too lazy to do it? I mean, my God, have some empathy, some compassion, some conviction, some common decency all right let's move on to our next random topic okay this is something that literally changed my life a couple days ago and i hope you can i hope you guys can hear this message and then maybe apply it to your own life but this is what happened i'm a passionate person um my heart bleeds for everybody i care about everybody I wish I could be Superman, literally, so I could save everybody and heal everybody's heart. That's just how I am. Even though I don't identify as a bleeding heart liberal and I talk a lot of shit about liberals, um, I'm more liberal than I am conservative. Uh, that's why I label myself independent. 
I can really see some of the stuff on the conservative side, and I can see stuff on the uh, liberal side that makes the most sense, because that's how I operate. I don't operate on emotions. I operate on facts, common sense, and logic, numbers, statistics, stuff that can't lie, stuff that isn't propaganda. You know, anytime I hear something, whether it's triggering or I don't care, if I want to look into investigating it, I use zero emotion, I read the whole story, I get the facts, I do my research, and then I come to a conclusion. You will never see me just fly off the handle at a picture or a news story because I second guess and I question everything, including authority, as should you. Um, between Trump being in office and him being such a tyrannical idiot, and everybody on the left complaining, cancel culture, social justice warriors, uh, believe all women, me too, all these different factions of the extreme left yelling at the right and all this kind of blah, 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 right? And then Kobe Bryant died. And then the world got slammed with a pandemic that we haven't seen in 102 years. And then George Floyd happened. And... The country's a mess right now. Let's, let's not uh, kid ourselves, right? There's a lot of emotions running high on all different sides, even though the bottom line is, is 99% of us are good people and all want the same basic things. It's just we're kind of missing each other, uh, you know, when it comes down to the finer points. But here's the bottom line. Because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I care about the black community, I care about the white community, I care about everybody, the state of this country bothers me. And it should bother you. I just want everybody to be treated the same with respect, with dignity, everybody to have the same rights, same standards, end police brutality, end the black-white narrative, one race, the human race. I just want to see everybody come together quit arguing, quit bitching, and then just all become one team and be a part of the solution as part of the problem. And if anybody wants to label me crazy or racist or anything for saying that, go for it. All I want to do is bring the whole world together in harmony and peace and let people live and let other people live. And just be good, moral, decent human beings. I don't understand why that's such a foreign concept to talk about, okay? So watching the news, listening to social media, and seeing how far people are going on both sides with the George Floyd thing, with the defund the police thing, with the rioting and the protesting and the looting and the Black Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter and the yelling back and forth. For somebody like me that really lets that kind of stuff into my heart, it, it really bothered me. Last week, I was literally on the verge of like having a heart attack or stressing out because I was letting the craziness of this country and the world physically affect me to where I was in a bad mood. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't understand how some people can support the cop that did that to George Floyd, that is fucking crazy. There's just so much craziness to it that if you let it consume your life, you will go nuts. And last week, I was letting it consume my life, and I was going nuts. And here's what I did. The very next day, okay, I literally tuned out the world. I tuned out the world. Didn't watch the news for two straight days. Didn't go on to YouTube for two straight days. 
um, didn't have any kind of political talk, George Floyd talk, with any friends, with any family. I just spent the entire, those two straight days, just tuning out the world, focusing on my friends, my loves, my passions, and my hobbies, in just tuning out all the bullshit. Just no news, no social media, no YouTube, no, no George Floyd talk, no Trump talk, no argue. I mean, nothing. I just tuned it out and focused on and focused on bettering myself, my family, my community. I focused on the uh, hobbies that I love, like writing music and producing and uh, videos and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it was a glorious result. Um, I mean. I was just focused on my hobby, uh, yeah, on my hobbies. I was focused on my hobbies. Um, I was, I was filled with positivity. I was in the best mood. I got thing done. I got stuff done. The day just flew by. I reconnected with people. I got a bunch of good news. Um, a lot of things. Uh, those two days, I crushed. Um, I do a lot of betting with DraftKings. I had hit like $25 between those two days of, uh, with free contest on DraftKings. It's just everything worked out. For those two days that I turned off the news, stayed off social media, and concentrated on my family, my life, and my loves, all of a sudden, this weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I was in a great mood. I was outgoing. I was positive, and because of that mindset, I started to crush it. Everything I did those two days, I crushed, and I had a lot of good luck come my way. You know why? Because that's the mindset I put myself in. And that's what I need to do, and that's what you need to do to focus every day. If you find your heart literally hurting because you're just, because you want to save the world. You want to stop these protesters. You want to stop the looters. You want to stop the rioters. You want to stop uh, just everybody and just wave a magic wand and just save everybody. That's what I want to do. I see so much of this country uh, butting heads. When, when we don't need to. I don't like that. That is more disheartening to me than anything. When I see, uh, you know, black and uh, white people somehow being taken back 200 years, you know. Uh, I've even seen white people getting on their hands and knees on YouTube apologizing for being white. That's insane. You know why I will never apologize to anybody for being white? because I had no choice in it. I had no choice in my skin color. I had no choice whether I grew up with two parents, one parent, no parent, or really shitty parents. I had no choice in how wealthy I grew up, what kind of city or town I grew up in, what kind of friends I had, whether they were good influences or bad influences, if I had any brothers or sisters that were mean or evil. You know what I'm saying? None of us had a choice in that matter. I had no choice in being born. I had no choice on being Caucasian. I had no choice in being born a man. So why are you going to apologize for something that none of us had a choice in? I am a good, moral human being that treats everybody, regardless of their age, race, sex, creed, with the same respect that I demand. And I am not going to apologize for having white skin because I didn't ask for white skin. I didn't. 
I had no fucking choice in it, and neither did you, and you should have never apologized for something that A, we can't help, and B, had no choice over. That's the bottom line, and that's all I'm going to talk about for there. But just seriously, if you find yourself getting stressed out from the news or COVID or the protest talk or just how crazy the world seems, just back up off it. Back up off it, and in a day or two, you're going to feel much better, and you're going to be able to focus on the things that really count around you, like your kids, your wife, your husband, your friends, your family, your hobbies, your job, your community, your street, whatever, your neighbors, tune out the negativity, start thinking with positivity, and you will be amazed at how you just all of a sudden start crushing life. It's a mindset. How good or bad your life is or the world is is a mindset. If you can put on a positive thinking cap and just say, I don't care what obstacle gets thrown at me, I'm going to blow through it with a smile on my face. It is amazing what you can get accomplished. And I just wanted to share that with you. So if you're feeling stressed out from the news and all that kind of stuff, then don't watch it. Get off the news, get off social media, get off Twitter, get off YouTube, all that shit. And just take a vacation from it and watch how much better you feel. And I'm living proof of that because I did that. And um, I really haven't uh, gone back as much as I was. So, uh, yeah, you know, I know that there's crap out there. Uh, a lot of stuff in this country that needs to be fixed. And I am ready to lend a helping hand to fix it. Uh, in any way I can, but uh, because I get so emotional about this stuff, I need to back up off it. That's what I did, and I had like a week straight now of just much better feelings. Not that I don't care about George Floyd or any of the stuff going on. It's just I had to take a break and step off of it, and once I did that, I felt a shitload better, and life got better for me. Okay, so just try it out. Uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else? Um, here's a kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that um, we learn as kids that I guess could be taught to us, but it's just, you know, sometimes you got to let kids make mistakes, you know? And, uh, you know, these are all little mistakes that we've, most of us have made. And, um, you know, there's really no handbook for growing up, right? And there's certain things that don't get talked about with your parents or your brothers or your sisters or your friends that you just literally have to go through as a rite of passage. And this is a true story. A friend of mine has a 13-year-old son. His son got out of the shower the other night, and he went into his dad's room, and he said, Dad, uh, I have a problem, and I got to talk to you about it. And my friend says to his son, he's like, all right, you know, you can, you can tell me anything. What's going on? He's like, uh, well, it burns when I pee. Like, it feels like I'm peeing razor blades. <laughs> and... My friend, the father, he starts laughing, and he looks at his son, and he goes, uh, I don't know how to say this, but uh, did you happen to use any soap or shampoo to, uh, you know, 
clean something a little bit cleaner than it needed to be, for lack of a better word. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, I did. And so for any women listening out there, uh, you know that uh, men masturbate. A lot of women do too, but they don't admit it like guys do. And when guys are kids, when we're just hitting puberty, uh, kids will pretty much masturbate with anything. Fruit, in between mattresses, I mean, crazy, crazy shit. And uh, I think it's just a rite of passage that when you are a kid and you are in the shower or the bath, uh, you might find that soap or shampoo or uh, conditioner might be a good lubricant, but you will quickly find when you are a man or a boy and have to pee after that, that it will stink. So yeah, getting, sh getting soap or anything down your urethra uh, when you are masturbating is something I wanna say, you know, most kids have experienced and uh, it, su it sucks, but uh, it's something you just have to experience by doing, you know? I don't think any parents are warning their kids to uh, not do that, you know, because that's a pretty uncomfortable uh, conversation. But, you know, these are things that nobody tells us, but we all screw up on so we know. It's like stepping in dog shit. Oh, I know the dog shit is now there, so I'm no longer going to step in it. But there was no book or nobody told you that there was dog shit there. And uh, not to stay on this gross kind of sexual, uh, you know, thing, but I mean, I've personally never had a and how do i say this while trying to be somewhat politically correct here i have never had a bad tasting um hoo-ha or vajayjay i've never uh gone down on that region on a lady and had it taste bad and you might say well how? Did you just get lucky? Because sometimes they smell bad, sometimes they smell good, sometimes they taste bad, taste good, right? Smell and taste are a lot of the same uh, sense, right? But there's just little tricks that we all use. This one I like to call the scratch and sniff. Now, how have I never gone down on a foul tasting or smelling vajayjay? Well, you got to use the scratch and sniff test, right? You might be making out, then you take one hand, you slide it down there, and you know you do a little bit of a scratch, right? You 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 play around with the hand, and then at some point uh, before your your head heads down south, you have to really nonchalantly take you know the investigative scratch finger, and then you got to sniff, right? Because smell is a lot of taste. So after you discreetly uh, you know pleasured your partner down there with your hand you bring your hand up without her or him or whoever you're with seeing it and you and you do a little and if there's no smell chances are there's going to be no taste you are clear for takeoff but if you bring that hand up and you're like whoa then you know it probably ain't gonna taste very good right it's called the scratch and sniff. It's just something you learn by doing. There's no handbook. Your parents didn't teach you it. Your guy friends probably didn't teach you it. It's just something you figure out. Um, you know, another thing, the tuck and roll. A lot of guys might have different names for it, but when you're a little kid, and even when you get older, guys get a lot of erections. And a lot of the time, they're at times when we don't want to have them. But that's just part of being a guy. 
you girls don't understand how difficult it is to live with a penis because the penis literally has its own mindset, its own set of goals and rules, it, you know, its own, it's, it's like two people, right? And of course, when it fucks up, it don't get in trouble, you do, even though it's literally a sentient being, right? So anyways, especially when you're going through puberty, that thing pops up about as often as, uh, I don't know, a gopher. I don't know, whatever pops up off toast, it pops up all the time. And it usually pops up at times and places when you don't want it to pop up. And as a kid, you don't want to be standing there with this big, you know, thing, right? Poking out through your sweatpants. So what kids do is the tuck and roll. Even adults do it. And what is the tuck and roll? Well, you basically, uh, for women or any guy out there that doesn't know what a tuck and roll is, you know, let's say this is your stomach and this is your, you know, pee-pee and, you know, you have an erection and, you know, you don't want that bulge in your pants. So all you got to do is you got to tuck and roll it. You basically put it flat up against your stomach and then, it, and then it gets tucked underneath your waistline or your belt or your underwear and it holds it so it doesn't flap back down. So it's the tuck and roll. You tuck that shit up against your uh, stomach so it's straight up and down. Uh, and you roll it underneath the uh, belt buckle. So that way, when you're looking at the pants, you know, instead of it looking like that, you just tuck it straight up and, you know, there's, there's nothing there. And in case anyone listening didn't know what I just did, I just, you know, in case you didn't know quite what the tuck and roll was, I just got up on camera and demonstrated what it would look like and what it does when you do the tuck and roll. <laughs> So there's these little life hacks that, you know, nobody, you know, tells you about that you just kind of figure out along the way. Um, I did have a long speech that I wrote because, like I told you, I'm Superman and I'm trying to save the world. And I literally have it in my head like um, if I was Trump. No, forget that. Fuck Trump. If I was the president of the United States or I had the ability or offer or chance to give a State of the Union address, I think I might be able to bring this country together. I truly do. I, I am empathetic to all sides in terms of left, right, extreme left, extreme right, in the middle, pro-George Floyd, con-George, whatever. I have a good grasp and I feel like I can say some things and give some analogies that could make us all take a deep breath and realize that we're all fighting for the same things here. It's just where we're getting lost is on the finer details. But we all want the same thing. 99.9% .9 of this country believes there is a police brutality problem, believes that what happened to George Floyd was as wrong as it could be that every police officer that was involved in that needs to be arrested and charged with murder. Everybody, or 99.9% .9 agrees. That's it. We all want the same things. We all want to live our life, be happy, be treated with equality, all that kind of stuff. Basic common sense rights. People are sick of it. They're sick of a tyrant being in office that doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and half the shit that, or more than half the shit that comes out of his, uh, his mouth makes no sense. And it's just nuts. What are we doing here? We all want the same thing.
we all want to, you know, have money, pay the bills, be happy, be married kids, uh, be able to walk down the street or go get a job or go apply for a loan or have an interaction with the police. And no matter what color you are, no matter what gender or sexuality you are, we're all treated the same friggin' way with the same standards. Um, We've come a long way in this country, but we have a long way to go, and it starts with each one of us, and it doesn't start by lighting cops on fire or throwing bricks through walls and stuff like that. So I really wish that we had a leader in this country like I felt Obama was that could really stand on a podium and get this whole country to stand at attention and listen and literally join hands and fight this together. I don't want to hear people talking about an impending civil war. I mean, are you kidding me? You really want a war, like a true war, with guns and tanks and bombs to just erupt on U.S. soil. That's what you want? No. No, 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 no. This country doesn't need to go to war, people. How many, how many different wars has this world had? Can't we learn from any of those? We don't want a war on any soil. War isn't the answer, man. Love is. I've said this before in my podcast. I have felt extreme love in my life, and I, have ex and I have felt extreme hate, hatred. I've experienced pure love, and I've experienced pure hatred. And I will take love 100% of the time. Love, whether it's love for your family, your kids, your president, your nation, your whatever. Love is such a more powerful and better and positive feeling than hatred. And that's all I'm looking to do is get everybody on the same page, loving each other. And if I am coming off as sounding like the biggest hippie from the 60s, I'm sorry. But that, to me, is just common sense logic. I'm tired of um, it being 2020 and we're still hung up on race and inequality depending on where you come from. It's way past time for a change, and uh, I just, I truly wish that we had a leader in the White House that was as well-spoken and as awesome as Obama was to just, you know, I don't get it. And the further I don't get it, I get frustrated, and then I end up having a bad day. So don't do what I'm about to do, because the more I talk about this shit, I start to get frustrated with it, because I just, I just see it crystal clearly. I see all the people that are butting heads about George Floyd or about Trump or about the state of the country. We're, we are all uh, on common ground, but we're fighting each other on like little bits and pieces of it. When we just need to take a step back and realize that 99.9% .9 of this country are good people, all wanting the same things and all wanting equal rights across the board for everybody, regardless of color, race, sexuality, creed, whatever, okay? So, yeah, I really wish that there was something I could write, and I did write something that I think is really poignant, but at the same time, um, you know, nobody wants to hear, uh, I don't think, from me right now. I wish I could change the world, but I don't think I can, because nobody knows me and nobody trusts me. But, you know, I don't know, maybe someday I'll write a speech for somebody that can get across to people. But anyways, I thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, show that we call The Views from the John. I am your host, John Ares. I hope you folks are doing well. 
Uh, I hope you're social distancing, but also getting out there and uh, trying to get your life back together. Just got to be smart about it. And again, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed by the events of the world, just simply tune out for a couple days and focus on things that make you happy, like your kids or your wife or your partner or painting or golfing, whatever makes you happy. Tune out the news, tune out social media, hug your kids and uh, do something positive with your time that makes you happy. And when you get in that happy mindset, you'll realize that life isn't as bad as it seems, but it all starts with the mindset up here. And I hope you guys take that um, to heart and really put it to good use. Again, this is John Ayres. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition from the Views from the John podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.